Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5. Praise God. I, I raced through stuff last time. And uh, I, I think I need to slow down a little bit, let people catch up. Uh, but uh, just, um, you know, each week, according, uh, you know, as the Spirit leads. Amen? According to God's will. So we're, we're going to begin in 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, and see where we go. 1 John chapter 5, let's begin reading in verse 14. The Apostle John has got to this place now, and he says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Now remember again that the Apostle John had spoken about this before in chapter 3. So I want to go up back and look at that as well, because there is something very significant there. First uh, John chapter 3 and verses 21 and 22, beginning in verse 21, remember he said that, Beloved, if our hearts, uh, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. I think that's a real key thing. You know, he says if we're in a place where we know we haven't done anything wrong, if we're in a place where our heart isn't condemning us. Now, like I said, be careful about what your heart does condemn you over. Uh, you know, sometimes it, it comes from culture. <laughs> okay? And, uh, you know, if your heart is condemning you over something cultural that's different to the Lord. And we need to make some distinctions there as well. And we need to know where that is coming from. But I'm saying if it is God and your heart isn't condemn condemning you over something maybe that the Lord is trying to get you to repent over, okay? You, you know, if there, if there is, remember 1 John 1, 9 came before this. You know, we're in 1 John 3, 21. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, if we acknowledge our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, so you're in a place of perfect righteousness, so that when you come to this place, your heart will not condemn you. Amen? So, you know, that's, that's the shortcut, <laughs> all right? So let's get past that. He says again, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. I think that is one of the key things in prayer. We need to have confidence toward God. We can't be going to God with the mindset of, I, I hope He hears me, and I, I hope He, you know, hope this thing won't go through. This thing, one, this thing, this one, this one goes through. I said two things, didn't I? All right, you know, <laughs> either this thing goes through or this one goes through. Okay, anyway, <laughs> take your pick. All right, <laughs> there was a slash in there. Anyway, <clears throat> so, you know, one of the things that he says is so important that we approach God with confidence. Amen? Can I put it a different way that we approach God in faith? Amen. Okay, nothing doubting. Okay, so verse 22, and he says, and whatever, I really love this, he said, whatever we ask, whatever we ask, whatever we ask. Well, now, brother, I don't know, whatever we ask. See, the, <laughs> the thing is that if you approach God, if you are doing the right thing, and you approach God in confidence, then whatever you're going to ask will be according to His will. It won't be outside of it. Because you'll know if you ask outside, something ain't right. The confidence will go. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Amen? So the confidence is only there when you know you're asking according to His will. Now you might say, well, I'm not really sure. Then find out what to ask. You know, a lot of people go and check with everybody else what to ask. Go and ask the guy you're asking about what to ask. Do you get that? <laughs> okay, all right. You know, some days we need to ask for wisdom. I've, I've had that happen with me. There have been times when I've been sort of, you know, I, I go to God and, you know, you get this kind of a nod on the inside and you're thinking, okay, I meant to ask something, what is it? And so I've learned not to just start asking all sorts of things and hope I hit something. 
You know, that's like putting a blindfold on a guy and saying, try to hit the bullseye. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, the first request is take the blindfold off. You know, even when I can see, I don't think I'll hit the thing anyway. So, you know, all right. So, you know, the, the, the point of this is that we need, sometimes we just need to go to God and we need to sort of say, okay, God, what do you have for us? What is it that you want me to ask? And especially if something is scratching around, don't ignore that. Then that's not women's intuition. That's God talking to you. Don't push it off on your wife either. Hello. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> it didn't say if, if whoever's wife comes and asks. <laughs> Amen. Okay. It's whoever, whoever. And we need to learn to do that, family. We need to learn to go to God. We need to learn to ask him. And we need to learn how to uh, follow his spirit. Amen. So anyway, he says here, whatever we ask, we receive. We receive from him. We receive from him. Now, I want you to understand that the moment that you ask, you receive. You don't receive 20 days later with a three-month return policy now, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Listen, man, when you ask, you receive. What does that mean? It means that when we ask, especially when we're asking according to his will, and that's, see, this is why now he comes to this. I, I need to make this point before I can move to the next. Like I said, I rushed through last week, and apologies a little bit. But anyway, you know, God's will again. But the thing is that, you know, we need to understand <clears throat> that when we ask according to his will, that's when everything begins to cook. But you need to understand that all of this is predetermined, or what can I say? It presupposes, that's a better word, it presupposes that you've done this part already. It presupposes that you've gone to God, your conscience is clear, hello, okay, and you've asked in confidence, and then whatever you've asked has been according to his will, and we're going to, the Apostle John is now going to come and say, make sure that it is, all right, that's what we're getting to now. But he's going to say, look, if you come in this way, then whatever you ask, you have whatever, and in asking, you need to believe that you receive it at that moment. That's the next thing I want to bring out in this, because it's really important that we understand that the moment that we ask, we receive. We don't ask and hope. Do you all understand the difference? So, you know, if, if I was to... All right. One of the things that we need to acknowledge is that we live in a physical realm and that we're asking in a spiritual realm. And when we ask in that realm... Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. When we believe and receive, we actually receive something physical in that realm. I, I, you all understand what I'm saying? If you don't receive something physical, so to speak, in that realm, if it isn't so sure to you that, you know, somebody says, but you don't have it, and you go, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay? They go, yeah, but you don't. Yes, but I do. If you're not like that, you don't have it. If, if they're saying you don't have it, you go, I do. Okay, no, that's you just protesting now. You're just yeah. mad because they don't, you know, and, and you're trying to get them to believe and everything else. The thing, with, you know, the thing is that when you see something, the only thing that you should be feeling is like, my gosh, God, they're just spiritually blind. Where does this happen? Remember Elijah? Elijah, uh, Elisha. I think it's Elisha. Anyway, remember the, he goes, the servant goes out, freaks out, there's an army. You know, Elisha comes out and he's not freaking out. And you know what he says? He prays, God, open his eyes. He didn't say, oh my God. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. He didn't say, Lord, help. What is this? Do you understand? When he came out, he already saw the provision. He wasn't praying for one. See, I believe he prayed for it before. Amen. I believe he went to bed saying, God, 
When I'm asleep, I've got faith that you look after me and that you look after everything around me. I don't have to be awake at night trying to figure things out. You are God. Amen. <laughs> and he wakes up in the morning and God's there. God, you know, I, I just reckon God said, I, this has happened to me. I, 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 uh, let me just go here for a minute, okay? This happened to me when, you know, God says something is coming, but I've fixed it. Don't worry about it. So when it comes and everybody's panicking, I'm like, don't worry about it. See, that part was taken care of before. The, the worst thing you can do is try to build your house in a storm. The, you know what I'm trying to say? The worst thing you can do is try to believe for something after it goes wrong. You know, the Bible tells us that, you know, the Holy Spirit will tell us of things to come. See, that's why whatever you ask, you're going to have immediately. The Lord will let you know, and then you go, okay, what do I need to pray for? He'll let you know, well, before this comes. You know, in that same story with Elisha and so on and so forth, do you know one of the things, do you know why they came up, they surrounded him? Because every time they tried to ambush, you know, the, 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 uh, the opposing army, okay, let me just call him that, okay, every time they tried to uh, um, like, uh, come against them, they'd be ambushed. And, you know, the, the general of this army or the king said, all right, somebody in our midst is, is tattletaling. Somebody is on the other side. You know, they, they don't take it like you. They don't beat you and they kill you. <laughs> so everybody is going, we didn't say nothing. It's that prophet. He knows everything you're thinking. Do you get that? He knows everything. Do you know who's been talking? God. Says, Elisha, come over here. Yeah, what, what is it, Lord? So this is what they're planning today. Have a look. Give you a little TV. Hmm. They're really going to do that over there at that time. Yep. Okay. So he sends off and... See, he was prepared. He wasn't like, oh my. <laughs> uh, never mind. All right. I'm studying the book of James at the moment. I'll share it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's talking about that. I'm, I'm uh, looking at verses 13 through 15 at the moment about temptation. And, you know, we're all drawn away by our own lust and so on and so forth. And this just went off when I said, oh my God. Uh, it just. Uh, it's about a young uh, minister that takes his protege with him. Uh, he's training this little young minister up. And uh, so he says, okay, so today you're going to you know, have a turn in the confessional booth and everything else. And uh, after the day is over, he pulls the little young person, uh, minister aside and goes, uh, uh, you know, brother, uh, can I just give you a little bit of advice? He goes, mm -hmm. and he says, listen, man, he goes, can you find another word? other than, wow, every time they finish their confession. <laughs> it was talking about the things that people do. You know, it shocks you. <laughs> this little young priest is like, wow. You know? <laughs> so don't say that, don't say that. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but, you know, that's what God does. He's, you know, not that. But, you know, God shows you what's going on. God will let you know. And some days it's a Wow. You kind of go, wow, really? They're doing that? Yeah, that's what they do. You know, and so, see, God was talking to him all the time. Nothing surprised him. So when I reckon God already told him while he was in bed, there's an army out there, but don't worry, your army is there to look after it all. So when he came out, you know, while the servant was freaking out, see, this is the beauty of having God on your side. He'll let you know things so that you don't get freaked out. Everybody around you might, but you won't. Because you know what's, what's to come. Amen? And that's, that way you can ask. And you can receive immediately. Amen? 
And so, you know, uh, we need to understand that that's how this thing works. That's how this thing operates. That, you know, as soon as you ask, you believe, you receive. That's why Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. you know what, let's just go there for a second. Okay, so he says that, therefore I say unto you, that whatever you ask, no, what, notice what, whatever things, some versions say, ask, some say pray, okay? He says, notice that he says, believe that you receive them. What things, whatever you ask, believe that you receive them. And you'll have them. See, when you ask and you believe and you receive, uh, believe that you receive, it means right now. It doesn't mean that, oh God, I'm asking now and I'll believe and receive, you know, whenever, uh, you know, when it turns up, I'll believe. It's never going to turn up. (laughs) You need to understand that when you believe, you receive, it's yours right then. And Hebrews tells us, I really love, whoever wrote Hebrews, I don't know who it is. Don't argue and tell me you know. Okay, who cares? The thing is, the writer of Hebrews, I love that he said that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And then he went on to say, it is evidence of things not seen. It is evidence of something not seen. Do you understand? It is substance and evidence. It is your evidence that it's yours. Do you all get that? Amen? So that's what he's saying here when he says, whatever we ask... We receive from him. And he says, because, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So that gives us something that we need to, you know, we need to check up. If there's something wrong, if something isn't happening, go and check up to see whether you've done that part. Go to God and say, God, have I missed something? You know, sometimes people are uh, believing and receiving and believing and receiving and nothing's coming. And they're going, okay, look, let me go and check. Am I doubting? No. Am I, okay, whatever. But the thing is that God might have been knocking at the door. And you're going, excuse me, I'm trying to believe and receive over here. And God's going, uh, can you let me in for a second? Excuse me, Lord, just go do the thing I asked you. I don't want, you know, we, can we do that first? No, you need to fix something. Amen. You know, you want to drive off in your car. And the mechanic's trying to tell you that the axle's broken. You're going, no, no, I don't have time for that. (laughs) You ain't going anywhere. (laughs) You know what I'm trying to say? Amen. All right, moving on. So he goes on to now add this incredible revelation. Okay? When he says again, now this is the confidence. So we know that if we do right by God, so to speak, okay? And this is not being religious. Please don't get religious on me, all right? I'm talking about those things that he speaks to in your heart. And you do those things. This is not trying to buy yourself, buy your way into heaven. You're already going. You just need to know, God, how, how am I meant to live down here before I get there? Are you all with me? There's a difference. You know, if you're always trying to go, you never know when you made it. You need to know you made it. <laughs> okay? You're there. All you need to do is now learn how to live down here like you're living there. Because, you know, you know, Jesus prayed, uh, you know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know why he said that? Because there's coming a time when we were going to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus the moment we were saved. And so we're already there. So what do we want life to be like down here while we're living there before all of us gets there? <laughs> okay? So we have a dual existence. Do you all understand what I'm saying? All right. So we are seated there, but we're already also living down here. And we need to allow... You see. We're in a very privileged position where we can be in a place. We can be a part of a, uh, oh boy, I was going to say a city, but it's more than that, part of a reality 
that knows everything that's going on, <laughs> okay? And will tattletale on everything. You just need to listen. And, you know, you, and, and also has the provision for anything that you have need of down here. I mean anything. I want you to think about this, you know. Let me, let, let me uh, appeal to your imagination for a minute. Okay, all right. Can you imagine something? Just imagine that you are the child of the richest person on the planet. Okay, and you're sent off to a country that isn't so well off. Can I say that? Okay. Trying to be politically correct about things. All right, okay, <laughs> all right. So you, you're in a place where they don't have a lot of things, and you know, but, but your dad has said, if you ever need anything, you just let me know, one call, and I'll send it to you. I mean, I've got the planes to airdrop the thing on you. Forget about postage. Because okay, you might say, dear God, Dad, you know, you send something and it takes like six months to get here. And that doesn't help me. I'll be dead by then. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, this, this country, man, everything is slow. You know, and some things just don't get to you. Some days they find something and go, oh, look, was it in the post? And you find it in their house. Hello. Okay, so, so let, let's just cut all of that out. And he says, oh, you know, we know that, that that happens. So I'll just airdrop the thing to you. You just let me know what you need. And within a day, it'll be on you. It'll be, at, you know, on your doorstep. Okay, just go outside. Go outside, look up. It'll be there. Okay, anyway. If it ain't, it may be stuck on your roof. Anyway. The, the, uh, you know. <laughs> so I want you to think about that. I want you to think about you living in a place all right, all you need is one phone call and dad will just drop stuff off to you. That's exactly what's happening right now. <laughs> Except he's not the richest dad in the world. He is rich full stop. <laughs> there, there's, there's no comparison. He walks on streets of transparent gold. When we use bricks and stuff, he uses gemstones. And I mean, and his, his gate, it's not a pearly gate. It's a gate made from one pearl. One pearl. Think of the oyster. One. No, anyway. <laughs> you know, how long did that guy have to stay in there before it became that big? You know, it's an irritation. You know that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm trying to say here? That's how it is. The asking part is your phone call. So, you know, a lot of us are at home and we're complaining about what we don't have. And, you know, especially the hubbies, you know. And then the wife comes and says, have you called your dad? Oh, come on, you know, I don't have time for that. I've got all these things. Call your dad. Yes, but you don't. Call your dad. You need to do something. Dialing the number in the name of Jesus. Bring your request to God. What is it that you want? Without freaking out, can you please tell me? Use words. You know, it's like those kids, use your words. You know? <laughs> like, we're going to see all of that in a minute anyway. In fact, let's go see that right now. Uh, <laughs> turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. I want you to notice a couple of things as you're turning there or whatever, the phrase in him, you know where it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him. In the literal text, it's better translated in his presence. Isn't that interesting? You know, when it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, it should read, now this is the confidence that we have in his presence. Okay? 
So that's, that's actually quite significant when you think about it. It's not just in him, but in his presence. Which means that, you know, when, it, when, when Hebrews talks about, you know, come, uh, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. I think that's Hebrews 4.16. That, that, that is in his presence. That's where you obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you understand? Okay. So that's what that word means. The word confidence in the Greek means both confidence and assurance. It's a synonym for faith, okay? So when, when we say this is the confidence, in other words, we can say this is the faith that we have in his presence. Are you all getting this? Okay. All right. And then notice it, it goes on to say, ask according to his will. Now, the thing that with asking is we need to know a couple of things. We need to know why to ask God. Second, we need to know who and how to ask. And third, we need to know how and why. Don't worry about it. I'll cover all this, okay? Uh, how and why we need to do it according to his will. All right, so the first question is, why do we ask? I've been talking to you about that all this time. All right, notice that Jesus says, he says, just think about it, and it'll be done. Put it up. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew 7, 7. That's what we think it says. But I want you to notice it says, ask. Does it say ask over there? I'm not looking at it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I walk by faith. No. <laughs> I want you to notice. It says, ask. Okay. And then it will be given to you. Freak out and you won't get it. No, it's not on there. Okay. If you ask, it will be given. Notice the next thing it goes to say. If you seek. See, some things you need to. That's why I said you need to ask God for wisdom. You know, when you're looking for something. Sometimes you don't know what exactly to ask. Have you all noticed that? There are times when you're thinking, okay, God, if I knew to ask, I'd ask, but I don't know. Go to number two. You need to seek. If you seek, he says, well, there's a 50-50 chance you get it. You might find it, you might not. I might leave you in confusion. <laughs> okay? Some people say, God, I've been asking God and I don't, I don't know which way to go. You haven't heard him yet. He'll let you know. If you seek, you will find. The thing is, sometimes we seek in the wrong places. What we must not do, because Jesus followed this immediately after asking, which means he's still got the same person on his mind about asking, who you're asking. Do you understand? He didn't say, ask, and you'll receive from God. But if you don't know what to ask, go and ask Jamie. Seek Jamie. And then he'll let you know. Then come back and ask. And it's not what he's saying. <laughs> Jamie's phone number is. No. <laughs> you can also catch him on email. No. <laughs> but the thing is, I want you to notice that this thing is all about you and God. If you ask, you receive. If you don't know to ask, go, with, go ask him about what you are need to ask. That's seeking. You're saying, Lord, I, you know, I'm seeking you about this. What is your will? And then you need to stay there. You need to keep your ear to him. And, he'll, and notice he said, seek and what you will find. That was as much as you will receive. You will find. Amen? And notice there are things sometimes that need a little bit of knocking. Some days there's a door closed. And you're thinking, okay, I found the door. <laughs> okay? I was seeking, I found it, but it's closed. Lord, what does this mean? He says, you might need to knock on that one. Amen? 
And watch when you knock, be led by the Spirit about which doors you knock on. All right? But when you knock, what did it say? It will be opened. You know, if I was Jesus, I would have said might be. Because everybody preaches that. Everybody says, well, brother, knock and let's see if God opens the door. Thank God Jesus didn't say that. He says, ask, you receive. Seek, you'll find. Knock, it'll be open." And he doesn't stop there. Let's go to the next verse. He says, for everyone who asks, receives. Now, boy, I tell you, church doctrine would really have a problem with that one. You know, brother, not everyone <laughs> receives everything. Do you understand that this is the faith that you need to receive? Because if you go in there not sure, it's kind of like, you know, animals know when you have fear. I don't know how they smell it somehow, you know. If you go in there and you go, dear God, I hope it doesn't bite me and chew me and eat me up. And, oh, it's gonna, exactly that's what's going to happen. You're going to make your will. And hurry up about it. <laughs> okay, you know? Because you are just walking in. I mean, you are literally walking the lion's den. Do you know when Daniel went in there? He was, he was not afraid. Do you understand? When he walked in there, there was no fear. He was fearless going in. The, 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 you know, the, the, those three guys. You know, I think somebody called him. Myshek, Yoshek, and a bungalow, you know. Meshek. Okay. You know who I'm talking about, right? Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Uh, you know, they were thrown in the fire. And you know what they said, God? You, they said to the king, king, you want to throw us in the fire? Throw us in the fire. We're not bowing to this thing. We know who God is. And you know what? The funniest thing happened. Throw him in there. And the king goes, I think there's another person in there. Look like the son of God, like he's ever met him. But, you know, and the fire didn't burn him. The guys that took him in got burnt. They didn't. And when they came out, it didn't smell like their clothes were on fire. Interesting. Everything was protected. Are you all with me? Right. Seven minutes. All right. Anyway. <laughs> hope you're getting something out of this. You know, I, I really want you to inspire. I want to inspire you towards faith. I want to inspire you towards, you know, learning how to ask God. Because Jesus said something significant. He said, if you can believe, you can have it. That's a short form. Okay. Can I reverse it? If you can't believe, you can't have it. The whole, you know, a lot of the Christian church today is telling us how we can't have something. And you know what? They're taking people away from faith, and that's why they're not believing for anything. Then they put us in the category of God's testing us and trying us and all of that stuff, and he isn't. Family, listen, he's not one of these people that says, well, I want to have a little fun. Let's go mess up Wani today. Ooh, look, she's about to trip on her cat. Oh, it's going <laughs> to... Okay, you know, he's not... He doesn't get his jollies by call, you know, look, seeing us suffer. People think that those are sick people. They need to commit themselves. Amen. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, man. Listen, God is a God that loves. For God so loved that he gave. He didn't ask. He gave. Do you understand? That same God, that's why Jesus came and he had to, you know, had to straighten people's thinking when he said, listen. He said, the thief 
comes to steal and kill and destroy. He said, I have come to give you life. Do you know he, he said, everything that I speak, I speak on behalf of the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In other words, he's saying, whatever I'm saying, that's God talking. Don't go check and see what God's saying. He said, this is God talking to you right now. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You understand? So this is God talking to us. And so he made it very clear that it was God's will to bless us, to look after us. And not so that we can become covetous and greedy and, oh, did you have some more for me, God? Oh, give me some more. And mine. You write M-I-N-E on it. Mine. No touch it. Mine. You know, God's going, I've got more. Let go. Mine. Let go. Got something better for you now. You've outgrown that one. I need to give you something else. But you've got to let go. Are you all with me? Amen. When you get all that figured out, ask and you will receive. Seek, you will find. Knock, it shall be opened to you. Whoever asks, receives. Notice, everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And he who knocks, it will be opened. God's not going to go in the mirror, in, in the little window, and go, I'm sorry, it is closed now. Come back at nine tomorrow. <laughs> I know I did an accent, sorry. <laughs> to wake you up. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. That's never going to happen. You're never going to go and knock on the door and, you know, sorry, we're closed. He says, you knock, it will be opened. Hallelujah. Anyway, in other words, we do have a part to play in this, despite what some people think, okay? Because if we were to reverse this, we know that the opposite would also be true, that, uh, and that is, if you don't ask, it won't be given to you. If you don't seek, you won't find. If you don't knock, it won't be open to you, and so on. Okay, you get it? Okay, all right. And so now that we understand why we need to ask, let's go and look at how to ask and what to ask for, and from whom. See, because there's a bit of a problem here, <clears throat> I'll, we'll look at this, we'll introduce it, and come back next time, all right? Is that okay? I'll catch it on YouTube. In <clears throat> John chapter 14, verse 13, I want to go look at two scriptures very quickly. John 14, 13, and I'm going to go to verse 14 as well. So, John 14, beginning in verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, he says that I will do. Notice the I will do part, all right? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, Jesus is very specific about you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But then we go to uh, John chapter 16 and verse 23, and he says, In that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. And until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and, it, and you will receive that your joy may be full. <clears throat> so he's saying, listen, there are two things going on here. Now, I don't want to make a doctrine out of this, so please don't make a doctrine out of it. Okay, <clears throat> But I want to show you some differences very quickly, and we'll come back to this in detail next time. Notice when Jesus said, ask whatever you want, and I will do this. And I want you to notice, go back to John 14 very quickly. I want you to notice that he says that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The reason he says that I will do certain things, and he says that the, 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 the Father may be glorified in the Son, is that those are the things that you do in the name of Jesus, when you lay hands on the sick and they recover and so on and so forth, you do in his name and he gets the glory for it. 
Okay, Father gets the glory because, of, because the name of Jesus is used. And it works both ways. He, so does Jesus. Jesus gets the glory as well. Okay, because they, you, they, th- that's why we're going to look at an example when, you know, they, they, they sort of say the, the person um, that gets healed, you know, they say, uh, was it Peter and John that was on the way to the temple when he said in the name of Jesus, rise up, you know, and then the guy that was lame from his mother's womb gets up, gets his legs back. I mean, since birth, he was, you know, he couldn't walk. So that was a huge thing. And they knew that it was the name of Jesus. So they get locked up and all sorts of bad things happen because it was in his name. And they knew, and they said, you know, it's really interesting when you look at the, the, the situation there. They said, we don't want you to do anything in that name anymore, please. Thank you very much. Because you're messing, <laughs> messing everything up for us. All right. <clears throat> and so, you know, you, you say the name of Jesus. Somebody gets healed. There's glory. Not for you. That's why he says, notice again, he says that the father may be glorified in the son. So the son is mentioned there. Do you understand? But I want you to notice on this, uh, you know, when we get to the uh, John 16 verse 23, when he says, uh, you know, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it you, not I. He says he will give it you. Remember again that we, we and we'll look at all of this when we get to it. <clears throat> Remember again that Jesus said in Matthew 6, 31, therefore do not worry, you know, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink? For your father knows. Okay, so there are things that you do in the name of Jesus that are power works. And there are needs that you have that God looks after, the Father looks after. Jesus won't look after those needs. <clears throat> the Father will. But when you're in battle, when you're in a place where you are casting out demons, when you are healing the sick, when you're doing stuff like that, that's when you need your Lord there. That's when you need Him working through you to do the impossible. Remember every time a demon saw Jesus coming, they said, we know who you are. Are you here to, you know, punish us before our time? Short version, okay? Do you understand? So you have to use that name and it's he who turns up. Don't try to do one on your own. You end up with a movie called The Exorcist. That's messed up. <laughs> okay? All right. Well, I have run out of time. So we're going to stop there because uh, I'm not sure how many people are going to come back. So I just want to clear that up really quickly. Uh, there are some rules to this and you need to know what they are. And you know what? Once you know how to do this, I want you to be, you know, I want to put you in a position where whatever you ask, you receive. Amen? That there's no question. That there's no guesswork. And you know how to ask, and you know where not to step. Hallelujah. Amen? All right, we're going to have to leave it there. Let's have a head bow. Your